Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host Matthew Roberts and this is Season 4, Episode 208 of this Daily Study Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us once again today as we begin our study of this week's Come Follow Me materials of Job. Uh, we are studying in the week of a August the 1st to August the 7th. Uh, and yeah, there's a, a bunch of chapters uh, in Job that we're looking at. I'm not going to list them all because there's several, um, but it's just basically Job. So uh, we'll just talk about the book of Job this week. Now, before we get into Job, I think there's something very important, which if you read in the Come Follow Me manual and the digital copy as well, there is a section called Reading Poetry in the Old Testament. What we come to now in the Old Testament is a shift in what the focus and what the idea is of these books. We've now read the narrative. We've read from the beginning in Genesis chapter 1 all the way through to the scattering and the, um, the well, the scattering of Israel and also the, the return of, of some of the tribe of Judah at Jerusalem. That is all the narrative we're going to have. So from this point on, the books that we're looking at are different in nature. And we're coming to a section where there is a lot of poetry. Um, in particular, Job, um, Psalms and Proverbs are almost entirely poetry. Now, we are going, I'm going to share a bit from the Come Follow Me manual here. It says, quote, um, from the book of Job forward, we will see a lot more of it. The books of Job, Psalms and Proverbs are almost entirely poetry, as are parts of the writings of prophets like Isaiah, Jeremiah and Amos. Because reading a poetry is different from reading a story, understanding it often requires a different approach. Close quote. So the first thing that it suggests here is to understand or getting to know Hebrew poetry. It's not based on rhyme, that like it is very much in today's world poetry. Um, it's a lot more focused on a repeating of ideas. Um, it says, quote, although ribbon wordplay and repetition of sounds are common features of ancient Hebrew poetry, they are typically lost in translation. One feature you will notice, however, is the repetition of thoughts or ideas, sometimes called parallelism. Um, close quote. So we need to look at that and see how things will be repeated and how things will be repeated across um, these sections of poetry. Um, I like the point it makes uh, of how we, we're not going to see like rhythm or rhyming because we've, of course, this is not the language it was written in originally, the English so we need to look more at the ideas that will be uh, come clear as we study it. Um, we need to um, try and get to know the poetry and understand how sometimes um, the poetry is written in a figurative way that perhaps it may not be happening in that way. Or perhaps the things that we're reading may not even uh, be based on a real event, that perhaps that this is a, a poem or a way or a figurative manner in which to get an idea across. So with all of that in mind, let's turn now to the book of Job. Um, this story is, or oh, I say this story, this poem or this section in the scriptures is a fascinating insight into the big question of why do bad things happen to good people? Why do good things happen to bad people? Um, why do good things happen to good people sometimes and why do they not other times and why do bad things happen to bad people but they not always happen when they should? It's a, it's a lifelong question which, well, I think first of all um, helps, gets us to the bottom of why are we in religion in the first place? Is it to get good things or is it because we love and we um, 
we recognize the 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 power that our uh, that the deity has uh, it's it's actually a very interesting question when you get into it is into why why does someone go to religion is it so that they have a good life well actually in some people it might be um but actually that's not what religion is for for you to have a good life uh, it is for a much deeper meaning than that really um but we'll go to job uh, and in chapter 1 um the come follow me manual says quote the opening chapters of Job are intended to emphasize Satan's role as our adversary or accuser, not to describe how God and Satan really interact. Close quote. Now, this is a very important moment or a very important point because some may find the start of Job quite troubling. And we'll talk about why. So in verse one of chapter one, it says there was in the man in the la- a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. And that man was perfect and upright and one that feared God and eschewed evil. Um, President Thomas S. Monson said this, quote, Perhaps there has never occurred such a, a demonstration of patience as that exemplified by Job, who was described in the Holy Bible as being perfect and upright and one that feared God. He was blessed with great wealth and riches in abundance. Satan obtained leave from the Lord to try and tempt Job. How great was Job's misery, how terrible his loss, how tortured his life. Um, Job lost possessions, all of them. Job lost his health, all of it. Job honoured the trust given him. Job personified patience, close quote. And that is going to be something which we um, look at through this week, is the qualities we see in Job. And again, we are not 100% clear on what exactly is true accounts, a true events uh, from this story, and what perhaps was described um, to um, give us an understanding perhaps or try to seek some understanding behind what happens we have here a list of the things that job has um, we have here his uh, seven sons and three daughters his substance his thousands of sh- sheep and camels and many many other things but then um they they've gone feasting uh, and job is um praising and honoring the lord uh, and then uh, we have got here verse six which is where we switch to the account of God uh, and, and Satan. Now, a couple of things to point out here in verse 6. First of all, it says, Now there was a day in the, when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. Now, the first thing to note here is that, that the Satan, the word here, that it comes from the Hebrew, is sotan, which um actually doesn't necessarily refer to the the individual, the being that is called Lucifer, but rather it just means an opponent, um, an an adversary. Um, Now, of course, we understand this and we believe this to be Satan, uh, the one that we refer to. But the important thing to remember here is that this just gives us the reminder that we are not necessarily seeing a real actual conversation that that takes place between God and Satan, where Satan comes and goes to God and can approach him and, and ask to um, afflict and torment certain people and God allows, um, tells him to go and do it. That's not exactly what we, we are meant to understand from this. But what we are meant to understand is that, firstly, the bad things do not come from God. They come from an adversary, an, an afflictor, an accuser. Uh, and so that is an important point to remember. And that secondly, that God... Um, he, whilst he allow in this in this circumstance, he allows it, and of course 
you know, I think it's difficult to, to try and not say that God allows bad things to happen because, of course, we understand that God can produce miracles and he can provide miracles and help us to not have to go through difficult things. So, of course, there is some degree of allowance. However, um, the Lord, as we all see through this experience, uh, has deep love for Job and and is aware of him. Uh, and we'll see what happens as uh, as the as the account goes on or the the poem or the poetry goes on, I should say. So, yeah, I'm not going to read the entire thing because quite simply, we don't have time to read the entire thing <laughs> this week with this whole experience. But I am going to close here with a quote by Elder G. Smith, uh, who speaks about this. He says, quote, do you think a just God would permit Satan to try us beyond our power to resist? Then the Lord will always give us power to resist if we remain true and faithful to the end and seek the Lord and his guidance in all the trials and difficulties, even though we may think they are unjust. Nearly all of us go through some experience in this life of sickness, disease, trouble, financial difficulties, many even born with difficulties and handicaps, not because of any cause on their part as we see it, but because that is the part the Lord wants us to go through as a trial and temptation. Um no one is exempt from the trials and temptations of Satan. Even the Saviour himself, after he had fasted for 40 days, physically weakened beyond the strength of any mortal. If the Lord and Saviour was not spared of the trials and temptations of Satan, then neither are we. And we too must prove ourselves in everything the Lord wants us wants to release Satan for to test us, to try us, that we may become also become perfect. Remember, however, the Lord will always give us power to resist any temptation which comes upon us if we will but accept the guidance of the Lord and accept his invitation and call upon him for help. Even though at times we may yield to temptation, the Lord still doesn't close the door behind us. There is still the door of repentance open and a way to come back. The Lord is so merciful. For us to become perfect, in addition to performing the ordinances of the gospel, we must also have the strength that the Lord might say to Satan in reference or in reference to you. Um, all right, Lucifer, you may have full control, except you cannot take his life. If we are to become perfect, we must be able to withstand that test just as Job did, where, somewhere along the line of life. So I would say to all, be patient, be faithful, call upon the Lord and seek his help, and he will not withhold his blessings from us. Close quote. A few things I love from that quote. First of all, uh, that he makes the point, and we'll continue this point tomorrow because we are already over our time, about why this was allowed to happen to Job. Because clearly it was not through any acts or disobedience from Job himself. And we'll talk about that a bit more detail tomorrow. I also love the fact that he talks about how all of us will go through all manner of difficulties in this life at some stage and perhaps in the next life. But we have to go through them in order to become more like our Heavenly Father. Reminder that our Saviour was tempted and he was perfect. Um, and yet, even though we may be tempted, there is always repentance. The Lord will not forget us or close the door on us. Um, we are going to talk about these and much, much more throughout this week. So please do not miss a day. There is so much to cover here with the book of Job. Um, and thank you so much for spending your time with us today. To keep this bite-sized and small, we'll stop there. And until we meet again.